Hi everyone, welcome back to the news podcast. I'm Camille, I'm here with my sister and today we're going to be having a very casual conversation about travelling alone as women. Hi, I'm Annabelle. I do the advertising for um, the new podcast on Instagram. Let's start with places that we've travelled alone. Yeah, so I have actually just got back yesterday from a three-day mm. trip to Paris to see the Bastille Day celebrations in France. I've also travelled to Malaga by myself for a week. And for context, Camille is also about to go on her year abroad, which yep. is um, a hefty bit of long-term solo travel. So it'll yeah. be interesting <laughs> to talk about that. I did some travelling abroad. So for my year abroad, I went to Spain. So I was 18 and I went to live in Salamanca by myself for eight months in total. Although I was then in a shared flat with other students from the language school. So it wasn't like entirely alone. And then in the last two weeks, I took it upon myself to go on a little two-week solo trip around the south of Spain. Very tight budget and a broken phone, <laughs> which was an intense moment of independence, I would say. Yeah, so, well, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking of doing this episode was on my first night in Paris, because I think the first nights are actually, like, a whole part of the journey itself, like, a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing, because I remember this was your advice when I was going to university, was kind of not to be embarrassed. I remember it, because you were saying that (laughs) don't be embarrassed if the first night is really weird because it's your first time living alone. Everyone has a bit of a weird moment. And then because you had told me this, if I was prepared, so then I made a list of what I was going to do on my first night so that I was distracted and it wasn't going to be weird. And it actually totally works because I I didn't have a weird moment until my third or fourth night. So it still happened. (laughs) It still happened. It just delayed it. But at least my first night was actually really relaxing. No, so I had like a whole, because I thought of all the things that would make me relaxed, like that I read in places. Because like, I think every Everyone knows what the advice is like yeah. you know don't see the blue light on your phone for two hours before you go to sleep you know eat three hours before you go to sleep have water yoga low lights and yeah. so i just actually did all of those things nice. so i had like a really relaxing like warm shower before i went to bed mm. literally didn't look at my phone for ages was listening to like lo-fi jazz or something in the background i did like Cute. an hour of yoga before going to bed which i never usually do like <laughs> yeah. all the things that i never usually actually do before bed but just to make sure that it was like a, a chill experience and it absolutely mm-hmm. totally worked. So I now yeah. think that one of my bits of advice for traveling alone would be to have a plan for your first night and not so plan to go out because that in itself can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Have a reason to leave your house. Like if that's just going to the corner to get food bread, shop. like a food or shop, something. a quick thing like that, because then at least you've overcome that first step. Yeah, and it's le- immediately less weird that you're alone in this place that you've never been in. Yeah. But I think into like having a plan for things like you know doing some stretches, doing if you're into art, doing some art. Bring always bring a book. I think it will literally save you on your trips abroad. Like, and like something. comfort shows that mm. you watch at home anyway. So it literally you could be sitting in any bed anywhere if you're just like watching your comfort show or something before you go to sleep. Or um, something that actually our dad mentioned to me once was the concept of like having background noise on like radio or something whenever you're just by yourself for long periods of time. Oh, really? Yeah, which I was mentioning because I do that. And so like, if I'm home alone for a while, literally for like a weekend or something, I will just constantly have like videos playing radio on or something because um, it kind of takes you out of like the weird silence of being on your own at some point in time and just like switches your brain off of just like listening to whatever you like to listen to. You can explore new things as well as well. Like I like, I'm a language student, so I, I would then take the opportunity to then listen to a podcast in the language that like the place yeah. that I'm in. But even if that's just explore, exploring a podcast, like I don't know, the news podcast or something. Yeah, so I recommend up. you binge every episode <laughs> of the news podcast so great yeah i feel like maybe write an article for news while you're there i think that's the best we'll do do a guided meditation (laughs) through our next episode i think that's 
a great idea for your first night abroad um yeah so that was something about first nights like I had like a moment of overwhelm on my first night in Spain and I thought it was really weird because I'd never been someone who was homesick or that overwhelmed and I really didn't think that the physical distance from home would make any difference because I was like Mm. Spain is literally still in Europe we're half French I was like it's literally like next door to France it's not like I'm going the other end of the universe but there was something weird about the realization of your independence of like I am now pretty far away from (laughs) what was my support network just physically and it's like if I wanted to go home I would have to get a bus and then a plane and it would cost money and as of this point I have this amount of time by myself to be independent it's a weird feeling so like yeah don't don't be too hard on yourself if you get that but like at the same time some people literally don't get it at all and also it depends slightly why you're there because I think it must be different if you're in a university setting and you know that the next day you have a completely typical university orientation meeting people your own age who are doing the same thing as you and that kind of thing whereas with me with the language school it was a kind of an independent thing. So people just went home afterwards. So it was just kind of like there wasn't a, an organized way of fitting into a system immediately. And that was quite weird. So yeah, it's, it can be an odd moment. Yeah. But then obviously also that in itself is also the free thing about traveling by yourself. That there is no agenda, like there's no timetable or plan or anything. Yeah. So whether you want to sleep in or whether... Oh, actually, this is another thing I wanted to say was in terms of sleeping in, what I find in terms of especially actually being a woman traveling by myself is try to become a morning person when you're traveling by yourself which obviously like I don't mean that as an overnight not immediately gonna be like ah oh, yawn 5am my favorite time of day yes. <laughs> let me get some coffee and on my way but like the sun rises quite early especially in summer especially in summer it'll be up at like three in the morning it'll already be full daylight but it won't be like that in the evening and obviously when you're then a woman by yourself you then don't want to get caught out in a city that you don't know walking home by yourself where it sounds like your travel card doesn't work or the buses don't take your travel card which is definitely a thing before you go work out like try and google what buses take which travel cards i remember trying to get back from the youth hostel in malaga to the airport every single bus that i needed required a different travel card so it took me like three hours and there was a marathon which meant that the bus that i was going to take wasn't running because oh, it was like yeah bake a lot of time into like especially anything relating to long distance yeah, trains sure. or planes 100%. like but, Find out but what you need. yeah and book a lot like plan a, a spare hour in between at least <laughs> to, for, sure. for things to go wrong no, but definitely. um no but yes yeah, so then I was, yeah. what I was gonna say was then if you can start like in the morning if as much as you can I would say get out of the house do the things you want to do and then in the evening you can get home before it's dark and relax in the evenings rather than having like a very long like morning period and then actually realizing that you've only got a couple of hours in the afternoon to do things before it gets dark um i think like it's yeah it's a lot safer i think to do that way around and if you do know if you know anyone that has been to the place you're going to or who knows someone who lives in the area or something it is worth asking about like oh is there any kind of areas that you think I should stick up in the evening like I've never had any experience of any major problems and usually you can walk down a road and like get the vibe of whether you feel safe or not like you know one of those fun female experience (laughs) things um but sometimes it is worth talking to someone if you do know someone from that area beforehand there's sometimes you can get local knowledge from people that's really helpful yeah and actually the internet has a lot of stuff like that obviously you know be careful with what you read on the internet don't you know scare yourself out of actually doing what you want to do but they i mean especially when i was picking a place to live in paris for next year there like there were loads of crime stats and stuff that will literally give you which areas are dangerous or not dangerous within the city but even for example i definitely agree with trying to work out for people who've lived there 
what are good areas or not because both mum and dad thought that I knew what the red light district of Paris was and so when I was yeah. like well I'll just go here and they were like are you literally insane and I had no idea why would I know what the why red light district you know? of Paris like, there's why? no way but they both just assumed that it was yeah. knowledge that everyone has so I think definitely like asking about that kind of thing yeah like, and knowing if you think about that because I just it's yeah. just so not on my radar that red light districts even exist because yeah. like it's so not something that I think about. Anyone that I know think about. No, yeah, it's the kind of thing. I from, wouldn't like, think of it. A film and it's from the same the early like 1900s. if you think someone was coming to live in London and then they told you like where their flat was going to be or whatever, you could probably suss like, oh, that could probably work, or like, oh, that one mm. you might want to be a bit careful or whatever. So like every city has their their version of that, but um, yeah, a lot of the time though, is I mean, it's always worked out for us. And it's like don't as Camille says, like don't scare yourself out of traveling alone because it can be such a great experience and I think it's um yeah I think a lot of times like it's like if you're a woman traveling alone mm. there's a lot of discouragement of like oh but why wouldn't you want to wait until you can go with someone else or wait until you can oh, go with sure. a boyfriend yeah. or whatever and it's like don't wait just go fundamentally it will be fine like and also if you're traveling with somebody else there's a lot of benefit to it and it can be great but you will always have to compromise on what you do and see Mm-hmm. And what order you do it in. Whereas when you do it by yourself, you always know that you'll get to see what you wanted to see and you'll get to experience stuff in a really cool and different way. I no, think. 100%. And I think definitely it, it teaches you so many lessons to do with independence and mm. what you can do by yourself. I think if everyone could travel by themselves, I would so massively encourage it. If you have the opportunity to do a year abroad, do a gap year or anything like that, for sure, seize it with both hands. But also in terms of weekends away or like over the holidays from university or whatever it is, whatever stage of life you're in. Definitely, I think, take the opportunity because there is no one that you can rely on in that situation. On the one hand, it means that sometimes there might be little stressful moments while you're there. But first of all, you'll get over it and it'll still be a fantastic day overall. And like the trip itself will be great even if one evening, you know, you had a bit of a wobble. But mm-hmm. also it shows you that when you come home, you then have that confidence in yourself that you can overcome things because you know that you can land on your own two feet because you just have like literally the week before when you were in wherever country. Yeah, exactly. I think it's one thing that's so great about spending that amount of time on your own discovering things and exploring. That's so great for teaching you that you're fine by yourself yeah. and that you know how to spend time with yourself. Where usually you spend the rest of your life like in some kind of community, like at school, you've got your friend group, at university, you've got your friend group, you've probably got classmates, you've got family, like there's very few instances in your life where you are completely detached from everyone around you. Like if you showed up to somewhere, like say you went to, let's say Normandy to visit or something, you will, if you know literally nobody there and it's just you by yourself, then you can meet people, but you're always meeting people who for a start, that's, sorry, tangent, um, <laughs> something great about meeting people while you're traveling, if it's like through university or for a language course or whatever, because they don't know who you were until that point. That's so true. So you don't have like all of the preconceived notions of who you were back in year seven that all your friends from home like mm-hmm. still associate with you. Like you are a complete blank slate to these people. And a lot of the time you can develop aspects of yourself that you didn't really get a chance to develop because of the people around you and the fact that you're starting with a blank slate. And so you can come home sometimes a lot more confident in yourself because these people have met you age 20, let's say, like with no concept of any of the context. And it's kind of it's kind of a freeing thing. And then, yeah, so back to the point that I was making before. Right. And then afterwards as well, like you can always come back being like, well, I'm comfortable in my own skin with spending time with myself, doing things that interest me. I'm not going to get like bored within five minutes of not being around other people, which I think personally is something really helpful to bring into relationships because you don't feel like you 
need the other person in order to not be bored or sad or like yeah, well, stuck or panicked by yourself. Percent. You know that if they weren't there, you'd be fine. Yeah. Which is a very healthy way to enter relationships, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's a romantic yeah. relationships, friendships, literally anything, 100%. Also, you actually pick up so many like space filling hobbies. So, for mm. example, things that I've literally picked up literally since going to Norway, which was what, a month ago or something? Mm. I mean, I went for two weeks and I think it's been two weeks in so let's say a month ago um it's things like painting drawing actually read i mean actually reading books i've started doing again since coming to university but like things that you know for me these are all things that i know when i was eight years old if i had been giving a sheet of paper that's like introduce yourself my name is camille i like reading painting drawing and yeah actually how many times have i gone towards doing that the whole way through secondary school sixth form or like in term time possibly twice maximum (laughs) like it's hard to find the time for these things and therefore, when you travel by yourself, there's actually like a God-given opportunity to actually do that. Especially because what I find is then if I plan specific things, I actually have quite long expanses of time to fill in between. Be it like on the train because I want to see something and it actually turns out it's an hour and a half away by train. Like I could be on my phone the whole hour and a half or actually I could make a serious dent in a book or literally finish a painting or something like that. And so I think the more you pick up these little habits... Often they actually don't take up much space in your luggage as well. Yeah. And yeah, and they you actually develop like a whole other hobby that you wouldn't otherwise. And it also doesn't necessarily have to be a big expensive thing either. Like it can obviously Definitely. be super privileged to like just go gallivant around Europe. Um, yes. <laughs> but if you're by yourself and you don't have a specific time where you have to be able to go and you're not coordinating your dates with a bunch of people or whatever, then if you're free for a long weekend or literally like a Tuesday to friday situation you can sometimes get much cheaper tickets you're Mm -hmm. not dependent on anyone else you can book whatever time you want you're only booking a bed somewhere or a room like a one-person room which is a lot cheaper it doesn't have to be a five-year you know exploration of indonesia like obviously it could be (laughs) (laughs) that's a catchy hashtag hashtag go on your five-year expedition to indonesia girl right and if you do great but like equally it doesn't need to be that dramatic of a like a thing for it to be a lot of fun yeah and for it to teach you like a lot a lot of lessons i think we've not really touched so much necessarily on things like and to do with specifically being a woman yeah um i feel like mm, where to start first of all i would say know how to ask for period products in the language that you're going to yes because my first actually my first memory (laughs) of traveling in that situation was i was with my dad it was just me and my dad who had gone to spain um, why is it always Spain? Like, yeah, I didn't know how to say it in Spain. I was like, can I please have the thing for the period? Yeah, exactly. And then the person in the, in the canvas had to be like, yes, you want a pad. And I'm like, that's what I'm Yeah, meant. also because in Spanish, the word for period and the word for newspaper are wildly similar. So <laughs> if you get one wrong, they could just be handing you like El País and you're like, no, this won't do <laughs> the trick. That's not <laughs> that, that won't work. Um, but yeah, no, because like a lot, you can't rely on the fact that people know English in terms of the actual important situation so and uh your period is one of those things also because your period is hormonal and therefore when you're stressed it will affect it like okay this is way too much information but i feel like whenever i notice this whenever i go abroad a my period and b like my bowels decide Mm. to like like my period starts and the other one stops like every single time i go abroad like i've actually noticed that this happens and so because they're i think because they're partly like stress related and so because you're, even though I wouldn't say that I'm stressed when I go abroad, because you're thinking of all of your different trains, yeah, just adrenaline. all the different planes, like yeah. all of the adrenaline. Um, so B, even if you're not you, um, and even if you have a, a, a real healthy fiber-based diet, just know that like things could go wrong. Um, yeah. 
Just make sure. I might cut this bit out. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure you have like a reliable bit of vocab up your sleeve. Yeah, know how to ask for periods. That doesn't rely on internet connection. To get your yeah, because they won't necessarily know. Also, because even if their English is great, like they're not going to have learned the word for sanitary towel. Yeah, literally. Like even if the the rest of their English is perfect. That's such a delusion that everyone always speaks English wherever you go. It's It's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, also, <laughs> crucial things that helped me out in Spain. Um, where is the coach <laughs> leaving <yeah>. from? <laughs> is this the right train? Where should I be going to find this train? Yeah. They're never where they said it would be. Oh my god, that's so Such true. Why actually all of our stories about Spain? But it's so true. Like little Spanish key coaches like that. do not leave where they were Spanish meant to leave. Planes don't leave. <laughs> went to go when i was coming back this manager trip my god but again like come up with solutions because the gate that i was meant to be leaving from was something like one and then five minutes before the plane leaves it was 39 and then i get to 39 and it's like the plane to alicante and it's like no 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 (laughs) and they changed it to 33 and then it was 36 and then it was 27 and they changed like a hundred times with all like oh my god that's what i was gonna say you need to learn to be flexible. And you know what? If you don't have that before you go, you so will by the time you come back. Because, like, it helps so much to just be able to sort of go with the flow, keep a cool head in situations. All of which are good things to have, like, yeah. as a person. Therefore, when That's you come so back, true. you're a better just individual, team player, leader, whatever it is you're trying to... Yeah, like, little things don't throw you off the way they might have done pre-your flight changing. But then when you're, like, I don't know, if something goes wrong in an exam or something goes wrong with your admin at uni or just in your life, like, something doesn't go to your space, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, you know, arguing with your friends or whatever, you can then deal with it so much better or if we've had all of these little practices of just Mm. sort of getting over things and... Plus, like, perspective of, like, what the world looks like outside of your career path or, like, education path. Our friend, um, like family friend, Colette, a couple of years ago, gave me the advice that her mum had told her to walk down the middle of the road in the evening. Um, because if a car is coming, first of all, it probably has its headlights on so it can see you or it'll honk and then you know that it's there and you can actually get out of the way of a car. Obviously, this does not go when it's like a massive busy A road in like Trafalgar Square or something. But like in terms of other roads, especially when they're not super well lit, Walking straight down the middle of the road can actually be safer because it's easier to notice a car and get out of the way of a car than it is to like sort of be walking on the pavement and suddenly you're like, oh no, I didn't realise that this man was here. Mm. And he's like looking at you weirdly. Maybe he's, you know, taken something. He's not altogether there or whatever. Um, it could be a really scary situation when you're by yourself. And I would also say actually on that point, um, when you're in a new place where you don't know those people, if you're going to do anything that is in any way could be a bit scary or a bit dangerous or that you're going to go about out like a little bit later than you normally would, make sure you have a foolproof way of getting home ASAP yeah. for whenever you want to because you don't have as many safe bases as you mm-hmm. do when you're at uni or whatever yeah. like if you were going out with a friend you'd be like oh well i can always go back to her place or i could and i know that this mcdonald's will be open or blah, whatever but if you're not from that area then the only place where you can basically run to if you don't feel comfortable is your flat oh be aware of everyone on the road was another thing that i was thinking of like if as much as you can especially sort of in countries where there are higher and higher crime rates is more and more important to so just try I mean, it's a big thing to be like, try and know everyone in the street. Like, obviously, if it's a super crowded street, that's <laughs> yeah. not possible. But, like, just be aware if there's someone behind you on the pavement or if there's someone on the other side. Because then also, then, if you get five streets down, you'll know if the man behind you was the same one that when you left the station, he's actually been there for an hour and a half. Or, like, whether it's just, like, a completely different person. 
Like, mm-hmm. it can be it can be just a helpful thing to be aware of. I was going to say as well, if you leave crowded areas, like, if it's a thing... I mean, this was definitely a thing in Paris because it was literally, like, a national festival. It's to kind of, like, leave five minutes early. Even if, mm-hmm. uh, for example, when I was seeing the fireworks, because the fireworks, obviously, it was at midnight, and therefore, because I knew they'd already said they were going to be 30 minutes long, so I left after 20 minutes, because then I've got 20 minutes of fireworks, I've had a great experience, I can watch the last 10 minutes on, like, YouTube when I get home. Um, however, there'll be infinitely fewer people on the metro, on the tube home. Mm. Um, so I think trying to like think of little things like that will try and stay like in a part of a crowd that you can easily get out of. Whereas mm. if you're right in the middle, like essentially the mosh pit of the crowd, yeah. like that's it's not an easy or a safe place to get out of should you need to. Mm. And I mean that whether you're feeling unsafe, whether the man behind you is trying to rope you or whatever, and if we mm. need to go off like that kind of safety reasons whether something terrible happens and actually the police needs to get involved like you don't know what other people in the crowd are doing or whether it's going to be like you know worst case scenario sort of thing or whether you feel unwell like whether you feel like dizzy or anything like that you just get out or whether you just feel overwhelmed like there are so many reasons why you could need to get out in the next minute and therefore like make sure that you're actually standing in a place in the crowd that you can do that that doesn't involve you literally like crowd diving memories yeah. is the plan is for this to be the first part of a sort of mini series about traveling solo as a woman so we're going to be trying to get some perspective from other women who have traveled solo to different areas and all of their advice and also we're thinking of doing a sort of q a whereby people who are about to go on the Euroboard can ask questions about things that they're a bit nervous about and we can be your encouraging big sisters <laughs> and answer some questions from people who have just done it and share advice and stories yeah which i think should be really interesting and fun 100 percent. enjoy the rest of the series and have fun on your travels yeah have a great summer go to indonesia for five years years and or spain (laughs) would recommend